I don't know about you, but I am forever grateful that my family is covered in that amazing grace. And families need that, right? Uh, Today we're going to talk about family just a little bit and how there is more to the story than all of the hard things that happen within families and all the things that we look back on and we kind of scratch our head with. And we, we're going to do that through the lens of looking at Jacob's life and realizing that he kind of points us forward to Jesus and how Jesus wants us to have more to our story, but then to help others know there's more to their story, right? And so we've been looking at characters or people of the Old Testament over this year, and we've made our way into the story of Jacob. Now, Jacob is filled with uh, a lot of different stories, but a lot of them, a lot of them can, can kind of be categorized as adverse childhood experiences of him or his family. And now, if you're in the mental health field, you may know what this means, but uh, if you aren't, you, you may not. And that is that our families have a, a, a way of um, acting and, and maybe causing trauma that can, uh, over time, build up and, and lead us into a, a, where, a place where we're having some mental health issues. And these are called adverse childhood experiences, right? And, and if we think back, we probably all have some of them. But I was doing a study recently uh, from a pastor named Tim Weissman, and he looked at the, the aces, that's what that's called, of Jacob. And he said, man, these are off the chart. They're off the chart. Uh, when, when Jacob is born, there's this favoritism that happens, right? So his mom actually loves him more than his brother, and his dad loves his brother more than him. And the family goes on to, to have a cycle of, of deceit and lying that just kind of goes back and forth and back and forth, right? At one point, uh, just after the story of their birth that we read, uh, 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 Jacob is, is making a stew, and his brother comes in from the field, and he's like, man, I am, I am starving. I am famished. Let me have a little bit of the stew. And Jacob says, only if you sell me your birthright. I will give you this bowl of stew if you give me everything that is uh, rightfully yours as the firstborn. And that takes place, right? That's, that's kind of crazy to think about. The story goes on, right? And so we see another time where Jacob... Uh, pretends he deceives his father by pretending to be his brother Esau. And as he goes into this tent to receive a blessing, it's, it's a blessing of the firstborn. And so things are out of order because there's another instance of lying and deceit that happens. It's kind of crazy. And it runs in the family, right? So uh, later on, Jacob wants to get married, and he sees uh, this beautiful woman, woman named Rachel, and he goes, and he works seven years to get her hand in marriage. Only another instance of lying and deception, and he marries her sister instead. 
And so, seven years later, he gets to marry the person he wanted. So now, Jacob has two wives, Rachel and Leah. And the cycle just keeps happening in these stories. And as we look at those stories, we we begin to see it happening in the next generation. Right? So, Jacob has a daughter, and his daughter is raped. And so, her brothers go and deceive and lie to a whole group of people so they can kill them. So, now you have murder mixed into that batch as well. But if we look at the family tree, we see that it is not just filled with these aces. Yet, yes, that is a story And that is a cycle that happens. But there is blessings upon blessings that happen. Because Jacob becomes Israel, and Israel becomes the nation of God, and there's the 12 tribes, and there's the 12 sons. Right? And it's, I like this chart because as you see Joseph up there with his coat of many colors, he breaks the cycle. He breaks that cycle, and that is an amazing thing that can happen. But uh, as Jacob goes, he did something that was very unique. And as God spoke to him, he listened time and time again. So although all these things were happening, and life was hard, and, and there's uh, this, this pattern that is going on in their life, the other pattern that is going on is that God would speak, and then he'd listen. And God would speak, and then he would listen. And so for the ten chapters that cover Jacob's life, we see all kinds of different patterns. And we see those patterns maybe in our own lives. We may be able to reflect on our families and see those cycles that cause those adverse childhood experiences. My hope is that you can also see where God speaks in to your life and that cycle of what that can mean. I am very thankful that we as a congregation 70 years ago had a group of people who were listening to what God was speaking into their lives. And they formed St. Michael. And so as we go through this year, like Pastor Goff said earlier, we're going to be looking at different segments, different decades of the church. But I thought it was really interesting that as we talk about having more to the story, more to Jacob's story, more to the story of St. Michael, that we had an opportunity to sit down with some of our uh, seasoned members, right? Uh, One of them being a charter member, and just hear the story of St. Michael. And so here's a glimpse of how that conversation went. in the area and wanted to get a church home closer to our home. We were connected with Redeemer though. We were a... The mother church was Redeemer. They were the mother yeah. church. The first building was these army barracks that came over in two pieces. I remember. The, the pioneer building is what it was called, yes. That's when Pastor Hemeter came and he was a very um, seasoned pastor from the Chicago area. Yeah, he uh, came to Fort Wayne to help us go, uh, get going, and, uh, and 
walked in on yeah. the lower level. Yeah. Walked past the church, the, the pastor's the, office. Uh, the main floor of the A-frame uh, was at um, ground level with Getz Road. And, and uh, then uh, you'd have to go around in the back of the building and then walk in the lower level to get to that, uh, yeah. well, I guess you would call it the basement level. We call it the fellowship hall. Fellowship hall. <laughs> and a kitchen, um, a big kitchen. And a big it. kitchen. That's where they had preschool and kindergarten once they built the age. Were we always connected with Emmanuel? That came more about with, in connection with the school. John Kohlmeyer was very instrumental in getting those two to combine their forces to get the job done. You had a lot of volunteers to do. Well, didn't the volunteers even do the cleaning and yeah, stuff? Like yeah, that? yeah. Because oh, the yeah. full-time staff was the pastor? Yeah. And the oh, teachers? Yeah. Everybody had a pitch in to get things going, or it didn't go. <laughs> you said we weren't just church members, we were friends. That's the yeah, thing yeah. No, there's a lot of, a lot of good memories. Oh, you know? yes. So the faithfulness of a group of families brought our congregation together. And there's more to the story yet to come, both of the history and for us. And uh, this conversation lasted an hour and 45 minutes, right? So there is a lot of ups and downs that they talked about. But through it all, what they talked about the most is how there was a, a leading of the Spirit that people were hearing Yes, this, this is a place where God is going to uh, thrive, where he, he is going to connect with people. And that is amazing. So Jacob and his story connects to God, and there's more to his story. And, and St. Michael, we, we've been connected to God from the very beginning, and there's more to our story. So what about us as we sit here today? Well, I think we go back— to the words of Jesus. As Jesus began his public ministry, he began speaking to people who knew the history, who knew Jacob and Israel and the 12 tribes and, and, and how God had spoken into their lives. He knew everything about the people around him. And he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And Jesus can start this way because he knows what it means to repent. He knows that sin has covered our lives. And so we may be living with adverse childhood experiences. We may be living with sin that is weighing us down. We may be living with hard things that are just on our chest. And by using that word repent, he's saying, come to me, let me have it. And in that moment, he's saying, there is love and there's forgiveness to be had right here and right now. And because of Jesus' story and where he starts with this, repent, we see him uh, touch and connect with people of all different backgrounds. He connects with the, the literal untouchables that were deemed unclean by the church. And then he sits with people who think they have it all put together. 
and, and they are God's gift to mankind. But, but he doesn't see it that way. He looks out over everyone, and he sees a level playing field that says, you know what? You, you all need grace. You all have sin that covers your life, and you need grace. And so he comes in, and he connects, and there's more to the story, right? Because of Jesus' love and his forgiveness, we have a hope for tomorrow. Because we can repent and take our sins to him, he sees us in a new light as a child of God. And because of that grace, there is more to our story. But Jesus doesn't just stop there. That's the message he gives throughout his whole ministry. You are covered in grace. But right before he goes into heaven, he does something I think is amazing. And basically, he goes to his disciples and says, there is more to your story. Because you are connected to me, I want you to go share that with the people around you. I want you to go and be my witnesses. Share what it means to be covered in grace. Share what it means that you have more to your story with the people around you. Now, this can happen in a variety of different ways. It can happen by just sharing a word of forgiveness when someone does something wrong to you as you work or as you play. It can be sitting down for coffee and sharing how God has impacted your life. It, it can be simply holding a door open and smiling at someone who's having a bad day. In all those instances and more, we become the hands and feet of Christ. Because we're covered in his grace, because there's more to our story through him, we can change the story for others. We can be connected to Jesus and help them connect to him. We can be a witness. So my hope for you this week is that you have time just to reflect on life, to, to repent, to turn back to God and, and give him those things that are on your heart and your mind that you're struggling with. And because you know the grace that you receive within that repentance, that you're able to, to go and be a witness, to share that grace, to share your story with someone else so that they can have more to their story as well. Amen.